This is Nick Law, and you're listening to the Hot Forward Podcast, getting you ahead in the brewing and beer business. Hotforward.beer is a podcast and website dedicated to the beer industry, supporting budding beer entrepreneurs by gaining insights from experienced brewers and folk within the craft beer industry. So grab a glass, pour yourself a beer, and let's get into this week's episode. Hello and welcome back to another lock-in on the Hop Forward podcast. Although this year's SEMA Beer X was a mere six weeks ago, it may as well have been six centuries ago in light of the circumstances we currently find ourselves in. Until six weeks ago, words like unprecedented, furlough and lockdown weren't brought up much commonly in conversation and yet here we are. Only six weeks ago, we were mingling at Britain's biggest and arguably best brewing trade show, jesting about bumping elbows and tapping feet and speculating about the potential risks that lay ahead. If only we knew. If only we knew bars, pubs and restaurants that make up the bulk of all beer sales would drop a whopping 82% as the COVID-19 lockdown hit craft breweries the hardest. If only we knew that many staff would be laid off, some indefinitely, as many company owners took incredibly hard decisions for themselves and for the life of their business. If only we knew the impact being socially distanced would have on the economy at large and our personal mental well-being. If only we knew. And in many ways we did know. As we looked to the Far East and observed China on the news in January, it all felt very removed and over there. And as we witnessed the infection spike and mortality rate curve steeply upwards in Italy and Spain, and yet still gathered together for one last evening of £2 a pint, as some pubs are reported of doing just to get through that last bit of stop before lockdown, then perhaps we would have been more cautious about public gatherings earlier, as was the case in New Zealand. You see, retrospection is a wonderful thing. Wisdom from hindsight, is a beauty to behold. And as all those pesky scientists were advising America's most powerful orange man to act now before it's too late, only to be told that this is all a hoax and it'll be over by April, you can't blame those scientific minds from thinking, told you so. In an emergency, everyone goes into reactive mode. And as Panorama explored in a recent BBC documentary about the lack of PPE and foresight and former Microsoft founder and president Bill Gates predicted even as far back as 2015, proactivity heading off the problem before it is a problem avoids many pitfalls that lay ahead. Now, this is true in beer and brewing. We all know that if we don't get our mash temperatures correct, we make problems for ourselves later down the line. Or if we don't degas those kegs, then you're just going to get fobbing on the bar and a load of wastage. We're all aware, or at least should be, that if we spend the VAT money that comes in with the invoices, we'll have no end of problems at the end of the quarter when the taxman is baying down your door, threatening to shut up shop. And yet, here we are. In the 2020th year, Anno Domini facing a bigger challenge than the immediate danger that the planet is wrestling with. One which threatens the very existence of mankind and all creatures under the sun. 
I am, of course, talking not about COVID-19, but about climate change. For years, scientists, activists and various politicians have all been predicting, according to evidence and collected data, that our climate is changing due to activity directly contributed from human beings and globalisation. The proactive advice has been to act now or suffer later. And yet, not too unlike bumping elbows and having a laugh and a joke, we've not taken to the emergency, as it's been described, very seriously in some cases. It's like we've been standing on the doorstep of a haunted house with our backs turned to the door that's being slowly opened by a creepy hand from the inside and saying, Well, it looks like there's no one home, Scoobs. <laughs> Good one, Shaggy. <gasps> Yikes! The Earth faces a much bigger crisis that is looming on our doorstep. And just to bring the topic back home, while some in the brewing industry, such as Toast Ales, Good Things Brewing Co. or New Belgian Brewing Company, have strongly advocated and implemented changes to their business models and have even proactively adopted sustainable models like social distancing with its message stay home protect the nhs save lives we all have our part to play unfortunately as human beings have a propensity towards self-centeredness without passing much thought of the wider impacts much of this has to be implemented and enforced through regulations top down not only does this come at an economic cost, i.e. taxes going up, but a political one too. So how does the government effectively encourage people to recycle? And by the way, recycling isn't the answer. Not using it in the first place is the answer, but that's a whole other topic we'll save for another episode. One such programme to tackle this is the forthcoming deposit return scheme. Like coronavirus crouching at our door in early March, and as with the forthcoming impacts of climate change, for brewers and the beer industry, the deposit return scheme is like watching a pending car crash in slow motion. This episode recorded at BRX with Seba's Head of Public Affairs and Policy, Barry Watts, and Scottish brewers Dave Vanigan from Ride Brew Co. and Christy Slater from Loch Leven unpicks the complexities proposed in this new scheme, the potential impact it will have for brewers and outlets alike, and the sheer difficulties for everyone concerned of properly managing an ill-thought-through scheme such as DRS. However, one has to presume that as climate change is still very much brinking on the edge of a state of emergency, that the DRS will still come into play at some point over the forthcoming years. And the last time I checked, every brewery out there operating at present is currently pushing out a lot of small pack into the market. I'll just leave you with that little bombshell, because now it's time for this week's... Okay, this week's shout-outs go to Durham's McCall Brewery, uh, launched by Daniel and Gemma McCall back in spring 2017. McCall's Brewery is inspired by British, Belgium and new wave beer styles, creating new takes and old classics that everyone can enjoy. Now, I don't know if you've seen the short video doing the rounds of the German girl opening the beetroot beer. Um, if you've not <laughs> looked that up, it's hilarious. But I can assure you that the 7% beetroot beer de garde definitely 
definitely won't leave you in a sticky purple mess, but will leave you refreshed after its five weeks maturing time with earthy and crisp, sweet and dry, boozy undertones due to the continental malts, noble hops, Belgian abbey yeast and a whole lot of beetroot. Mm -mm -mm. How can you order such a great beer? And their absolutely cracking range, which the designs, I've got to say, you know, I'm a designer, just look absolutely great. Well, it's easy peasy. Visit mccollsbrewery.co.uk. That's M-C-C-O-L-L-S brewery.co.uk. Click shop and you can buy their great beers using PayPal, Shopify and all major cards are accepted. Now, for any trade or retail listeners, you can email sales at mccollsbrewery.co.uk and you can also sign up for their new newsletter on the website they are fully trading for trade customers with cans and kegs available and they also offer trade the option of mixed cases sixes 12s or 24s so if you're a trade customer listening make sure you get in touch with them and if you are a punter thinking man that beetroot bearded guard sounds lush then for all you thirsty customers looking to buy from their online shop use the code hop forward for a 10 percent special discount which is limited to one per customer so that's mccallsbrewery.co.uk the second shout out this week is a little bit different Budweiser Budvar, the original Budweiser, not to be confused with the AB InBev beer, are inviting UK homebrewers to brew and submit their best lager recipes as part of their stay at home brew competition. Come on that name <laughs> um, the winner will not only be crowned Budweiser Budvar's inaugural Budvar UK Lager Champion but they will win a bespoke trip to the Czech Republic's National Brewery what an amazing prize there they will have the chance to talk beer with the rock stars of the Czech brewing world the Budweiser Budvar Brewmasters so to our budding homebrew listeners, if you think you have what it takes to become Budvar's UK Lager Champion, entries are now open. Register your interest by sending an email to stayathomebrew at budvaruk.com. That's stayathomebrew at budvaruk.com. Someone from the UK team will reply with further information about the competition and the UK address to send your samples to once the brew is ready. And finally, we're excited to announce we'll be interviewing the head brewers from Budweiser Budvar next week for a forthcoming episode on lagering. So looking forward to that. And while you're at it, make sure you follow us on all the socials at Hot4Beers and join our Facebook group. If you're listening to us and you haven't done that so far, would love to connect with you through our socials and our group. Head over to the website hotford.beer to find out how we can help you get ahead with your brewery and beer business. Doing some great work with brewers at the moment on rebranding, website building and development and some consultancy projects. And I'd love to work with you to put some creativity on tap into your beer business. And finally, head over to thewinchester.hotford.beer to download our free beer business survival guide. That's seven mini podcasts delivered direct to your inbox one each day uh, with reflections and insights for your personal and business growth and development during this period. All good stuff for great listeners, brewers and beer professionals like you. Right. 
Hope you've had your fix of dystopia for one week, uh, but now it's time to turn the flux capacitor on, harness those 1.21 gigawatts, and go back in time to March 11th, 2020, as we talk to Barry Watts from Seba and Scottish brewers Dave Lanigan and Christy Slater about the deposit return scheme, with a little gate crashing from the Craft Beer Channel's Johnny Garrett. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks very much. So, what are you drinking, Barry? Mm. So I'm I'm drinking uh, a dare. Invoice me for the microphone. Wonderful. Nice. Now you were saying before we recorded like, that there must be some kind of online generator. There must be. There must to be. To come up with the, the, the uh, artistic names. <laughs> it must be. What are you drinking? Well, I've, I've got a boxcar, uh, very creatively uh, named Dark Mild, mm. because it is. A dark mile. Wow. Uh, but it's a very nice dark mile. Is it? Mm. Yeah. This is exactly what you expect from the style from Dea. You know, full of hops, juicy, yep. exactly what I need, mid, you know, midday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. And do you want to describe the location? Yeah. Obviously, we are at Beer X, but. We are at Beer X. Specifically, where are you right well, now? Well, we're, we're hiding in the corner near some beer fridges, but also uh, just in the shadows of some gigantic. Um, beautiful kit Shiny, isn't it? <laughs> it's really beautiful yeah I wish I could get that in my little house <laughs> yeah me too I think my wife would have kittens <laughs> uh, by the way uh, we, we, we spent all our life savings on this nice yeah kit. yeah exactly it's, yeah. it's coming tomorrow fit through the door right <laughs> yeah we well, need a t-shirt you know I went to beer X and all I came back with was this shiny kit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice um, so why don't, you, why don't you just give us a quick um, overview as to who you are and, and what your role is within CBA? Yeah, sure. So uh, my name is Barry Watts. I'm the Head of Policy and Public Affairs at Society of Independent Brewers. Um, I'm quite new. I've, so James became our Chief Executive last year and I've just been taken over his role. So I do all the lobbying for CBA. So I spend all my time talking to politicians uh, and uh, making sure and trying to convince them to do the right thing to help small brewers in the country. Yeah. So I was at a CBA meeting recently where yeah. I heard you talking all about the deposit return scheme yes what is it yeah well it's a scheme that's going to have significant impact for small brewers uh, and and the rest of the drinks industry as well so at basic level uh, it's an idea that when you go and buy a can or a bottle of beer or a soft drink you pay a deposit to the shop to the retailer and then when you've drunk it and you've got your empty can or bottle you take it back and you get your deposit back mm. so from a consumer perspective it's very very simple and the idea is it encourages people to recycle and that's what we really need to do and brewers really care about that they want to do their bit for the environment they want to improve um, waste in this country but the actual scheme is quite complicated, extremely complicated for brewers, and it means it's going to have a massive impact on, on brewers in the country. Um, so, for example, Scotland's going to be introducing it next year. England, Wales and Northern Ireland are looking to introduce it in 2023. So there's going to be multiple schemes. Uh, we've got some details of the Scottish scheme, we haven't got the full details of the English scheme yet. But in Scotland, they're going to introduce a 20 pence deposit that, that people have to pay. But small breweries are also going to, there's going to be some additional costs for them. So they'll have to pay um, an administration fee, which looks like it might be £209 a year. They've got to tell the administrator exactly how much beer they're going to sell into Scotland next year. And then they're going to have to pay a producer fee. Now, we don't know exactly what that level is going to be, but it could be the range of up to £5 per container. So, And then on top of that, well, there may be some labelling requirements as well. So all of these things mount up. Now, as you know, brewers are under real pressure at the moment. The margins are low. It's very competitive to get your products out there. And anything like this is going to have a massive impact and disrupt them. So let me get this straight, right? So for every 
Dea yeah. invoiced me for the microphone. Yes. That goes out. Um, they're going to basically have to track every single one of those. Yep. And um, somehow get the containers back. No. So right. there's going to be an administrator that right, will okay. deal with that. But um, Dea, in this example, will have to work out how much they're selling into Scotland. Now, they might not know how much they're selling in Scotland because they might deal with a wholesaler or a distributor. So they've got to find that information out. Then they've got to fill in all the forms and tell the administrator exactly how many of each different type of can that they sell in there. So they've got to break it all down. Uh, and then on top of that, they're going to have to pay this administration fee, 200 quid. And then they're going to have to pay a fee per container to the administrator as well. And then on top of that, they might have to start putting a separate barcode on them. Now this lovely can here doesn't have a barcode, so they right. might have to have an additional expense of putting a specific label on there or a sticker. See, because barcodes, I know when you get the, because uh, you can kind of find these barcodes online, buy 100 barcodes for, you know, 20 pounds, but they're not actually legitimately recognized barcodes by GS1. Yeah. Um, whereas those barcodes, the last time I looked, they were about 80 pound per barcode per year. Yeah. So if you've got all these SKUs. Yeah, exactly. Then that's going to massive across. mount up. Yeah. Um, now you say Scotland are rolling this in from next year. That's correct. So how, how progressed are they? Because I know you're talking to a lot of the Scottish brewers who we're going to cut to in a minute yeah. to kind of really flesh this out and hear yeah. their frustrations. But yeah. how, how progressed is it? Yeah. So where we are at the moment, they, they carried out a consultation last year uh, and we're still waiting to hear the final details, but we expect it within the next couple of weeks. And that'll really sh then we'll have that detail and we can give a bit more information to our brewers. But obviously there's many, many concerns about how it's designed at the moment. And we've been asking them to make some changes. So we'd like some proportional costs to take account of how, how big a brewer is. But also this administrator, which is gonna be a private company led, um, and we're quite concerned it's going to be dominated by the global players because they're going to put a, a kind of a limit on, on who can be a member based on how much they sell. And our members might not get a seat at the table. So they might make some decisions that are going to have a massively negative impact on brewers. So we want to make sure they're having due regard for small, small juices. But I think thirdly, a real concern at the moment is there's two schemes and a different timescale. So yep. 2021 next year in Scotland, 23 elsewhere. Are these schemes going to work together? I mean, I think ideally we should delay it and make sure there's one scheme that works the whole across the UK. This is like, kind of like for the rest of the UK, Scotland side, but like a slow train coming, isn't it? Like, you know, that, that train's going to crash <laughs> and it's coming. It is coming. Like, um, I mean, what can brewers do to prepare for it now? Well, so in Scotland, we have some of the details. We're going to get clarity in the next couple of weeks and we can start that planning process. There's loads of information on the Seabor website. In fact, if any brewer out there wants to get in touch with me, I'm more than happy to walk through the details. England, Wales and Northern Lions, we don't have the data, we'll get a bit of clarity probably later in the year about what that scheme's actually going to look like. But at the moment, we're doing some hard lobbying in Parliament as the legislation goes through to make sure they're taken account of it. But if any brewer wants to come and help us on that policy, they're more than welcome. I'd love to hear their views. Great. What's your email address? So my email address is barry.watts at seba.co.uk. Fantastic. So we're going to hear from some Scottish brewers, um, because they're affected most, who I did an interview with earlier at BRX. Uh, we're going to talk to Div Lanigan from Ride Brew Co. and Christy Slater from Loch Leven, um, who share their frustrations and um, the challenges they're facing and basically a lot of the chaos that is surrounding this issue. So yeah, th thanks Barry for really appreciate uh, just it. kind you. of introing this podcast. No, and, uh, thanks very much. Yeah, like if anyone was listening, get in touch with Barry and if you want to know more. Yeah, and we'd now go and enjoy our beer at the rest of BRX. Absolutely.
Cheers. Cheers. Are we allowed to do that because of coronavirus? Yeah, we oh. can cheers, but we can't hug and we can't lick eyeballs or we can't like touch hands. But it's fine. Licking it's eyeballs. Fine. It's fine. That's how coronavirus is spread via mucous membrane. Do you, do you make a habit of licking eyeballs? Sometimes, if I'm like that way inclined, I will lick an eyeball. <laughs> every time, every time I'm on Hop Forward, I'm always talking shit. But I fucking love Hop Forward. Can I swear on your podcast? Yeah, you go for it. I love Hop Forward. I love it. Oh, it's brilliant. Thank you. And I didn't pay you to say that either. No, you did not pay me to say that. So, I finished my panel on Deposit Return Scotland this morning and we're so much further forward than we were before because the Zero Waste Scotland would not meet us they were like no 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 and we've walked away without meeting with them in a week and a half right so for people who listen don't understand the deposit return Scotland is that we will have to all pay a 20 pence deposit on each can plus an admin fee so we're looking at our cans going up 80%, 80 pence. Now it's, it's been trialled in Scotland, isn't it? Yeah, sorry, it's coming it's, into Scotland. But. It's the poll tax again, and I kind of made a big enough noise that I've become the Scottish brewer's voice on it, and I'm like, mm, that want to be, that want to be. My issue with it is that my now wife, we got married in October, is a research analyst for Zero Waste Scotland. <laughs> and you're like, oh, it's just an ill thought through, ill thought through plan of getting beer back into the stream or getting cans back into the stream. So let, let, let's just um, take a step backwards a minute. So for people that don't know what the deposit return scheme is, it's, what is it and how is it going to affect it's, people? It's, the minute you put beer into a can, you are then responsible for that can coming back into the second stream. And if you don't do it, it's up to a it's up to a 1.2 million pound. So this is right. So see, there's 40 breweries in Scotland. Already, people can tell it's nice and straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> 40 40 breweries in Scotland, and. 90% of them sell their beer off-site, which goes to Italy, out of the UK. Your then job is to make sure that 90% of those cans come back into Scotland to be recycled. So like Loch Lomond are 95% off sales, which goes to all over the world because it's Loch Lomond. If we don't meet 90%, we are given an unlimited fine. Right. It's, oh, I just get so annoyed about it. It's like, it's, it's, yeah, it's going to ruin us as a business. So, how, when I, so when I heard about it, um, which was at a meeting actually, they were saying, it was Barry actually, who's the um, head of communications, was, was explaining to everybody, the implications would be that um, you, you've got to basically account for where all this uh, yeah. glass, and aluminium is going and then you know you'll get your money back but because he was saying it well scotland are rolling this out first but then england and wales will follow northern ireland um and basically there are these auditors quote unquote uh, that <laughs> come in 
And oh. uh, <laughs> Jesse, look, Christy's joined us. So Christy is the Scottish SEBA chairman? Um, director. Director. And the uh, director and founder of Loch Leven Group. So we're just talking about the deposit return scheme. Um, exp- just briefly explain how it works. Briefly explain how it works. None of us know. Well, that, that's <laughs> we, we, we were trying to explain right it, but it's like... <laughs> that's the problem right away, yeah. Zero Way Scotland even turned and said, nah, we don't know, we don't know. How's that going to work? Well, we don't know. But as we it was know. in its original form, it was explained that every bottle and every can and every plastic container under three litres would have to have a unique barcode. So there's the first problem right yeah. away because everyone has to have new labels. So it's not a cheap option. Because barcodes aren't cheap, are they? To get a new barcode, you're talking about what's about. It's also it's also the point of if you turn around and see, so every can needs its own unique barcodes, and you turn and see, hey, we do a thousand cans a day. Then you need a thousand versions of that can with its own unique. What you mean? Every single yeah, yeah, container oh, yeah, yeah, needs yeah, a unique yeah, barcode. Yeah, no, no, that's not. That's, every no, that came out. That came oh, out today. That's yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so, absolutely. so the, our problem is that somebody who works for. C&Z, who is a well-known Scottish gypsy brewer, has turned and said that he's developing a intelligent can design, which is RFID chips and all this sort of shit. Oh, we turn, we, I turned and said, Scott said, is this happening? And they replied, we haven't discussed it yet, so that, that's what's happening. Okay. Um, well, it's getting crazier then. Uh, if, if every, every container in the UK, sorry, in Scotland, is going to have a unique number. C&C, C&C are owned by... No, tenants is owned by CNC, which means that it's it's. They're, they're, they're in Dublin, and they've applied to be the scheme administrator. No, Magnus as well. And I'd say that the point, it's got to the point now where I am willing to go to jail for not registering any of it because it's ridiculous, ridiculous. And it took today's it took today's panel to get Zero Way Scotland to admit that we'll have a meeting with you all. And I'm like, we've had a meeting, we've had the meeting. And he's like, no, no, but we'll all meet out and hang out. And I'm like, for what? Like, what's going? To, you were at that meeting that it wasn't was really at. a meeting, but was it? It was a, this is what you're going to get. Um, with a lot of unanswered questions, which they've never followed up on. Oh no, he they basically sat up there and was like, we think, we think, we think, and I'm like, we think does not make an answer. It's not a thing to say that I think as a group, as brewers, we're all emotionally invested in what they're trying to do. Yeah. It's a good idea. Yeah, no, it, it'd be a, you'd be a bit of a twat basically to be like, I hate recycling. And everyone wants to recycle, right? But we, we, we all want to do it, but there has to be an easier way. Yeah. You know, and to, to create this huge um, sort of reverse logistics operation to reallocate the 20 pences and to get the bottles back just doesn't seem like it's fit for purpose. And then if, what would you do with all the bottles and glass when they get it? Because if, there's no way for it to get recycled. If deposit return slot comes in, <coughs> we're going to be over capacity for recycling. And I'm like, so where's it going to go? And they were like, oh, well, China, uh, China will take it. And I'm like, so we're willing to buy, like, destroy Scottish brewers to send our cans to China. And you're like, what are you doing? Well, there's, there's no reason why they couldn't operate at a retail level. So the supermarkets, for example, they could charge the 20 pence deposit. The customer returns the bottle and gets the 20 pence back, or they don't return it, in which case the supermarket gets to retain the unredeemed 20 pences. They use that money to buy the recycling machines, and that's it. It doesn't affect industry at all. 
So the gist I'm getting from this is that no one quite knows what's happening. They're trying yeah. to do something. Which is laudable. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the logistics just haven't really been thought through or? Thought through. I think. There's, there's three things, sorry. They're trying to do it a very complicated way and they've not completely thought through all the problems with it. It's going to add significant cost to the small brewers, especially, who will have to manage this. And it's also going to reduce consumer choice and increase consumer prices at the end of the day, which isn't going to be good for 330ml bottles or 330ml cans. So what are people going to do? They're going to start buying larger units or bigger bottles or bottles of wine, perhaps. You know, a 24 pack, a 24 pack of 330ml bottles is likely to go up by five or six pounds. Right. It only costs 12 pounds, whereas a bottle of whiskey will go up by 20, 30 pounds. So it's it, again, it's as per normal. <laughs> it's the brewers that suffer the most. Yeah. We also haven't mentioned the fact that this will also relieve the local councils of the burden of curbside recycling. So why can some of that money not be somebody, used? To somebody asked that in the, in the panel I was on earlier, and they were like, "He was, he was like, well, we are, we are, but it's going to save them sixty million a year." And you're like, so somebody must be making that money. Yeah, give us half that. Yeah. Buying new labels. Yeah. <laughs> My word. It's a bit of a dog's dinner, oh. I have to be honest with you. I would like to put out that my wife works for Zero Waste Scotland sure, and right. is, a, is a research research analyst for Depository in Scotland. And she's like, please don't say this, please don't say that. And then when I went on a panel, she was like, she was like, I'm probably going to walk in tomorrow and say, you're fired. And I was like, good chance. Interesting conversation. And now you've come on a podcast to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, you're doing a hot fun podcast? I was like, Yes. She's like, is it? I was like, yes. It's like, don't worry, I won't say my name. That's right, Dave Lanigan from Rye Brew Co. <laughs> Glasgow. No, I think, I think, I think the, pro- the massive problem is that the Scottish Government have said, we're going to do this before Westminster, and they've said, Zero Scotland, do this. And they've turned around and they've been handed like, they're like, how the fuck, are, how are we going to do this? How, what is the point? And why do it in isolation? Well, this is the thing, because I know, like, the rest of the country is going to follow in by 2023. These are missing. Why do it in isolation? What is the SNP's number one aim? It feels like a vanity project. Scotland to be independent. So why make a a scheme that is going to link Scotland to all of us? They don't care. It's just like, oh, yeah, we're going to be... So I I used to vote SNP and I vote Green Party, because Green Party turned and said, this is mental, like, why is this happening? And I was like, because the SNP have said it. And it will be, I... that, that actually taps into a broad question I have. So as, as Scottish brewers, like, I mean, separated in, in a lot of ways from the, the, the bulk of the rest of the country, like, how, how does it feel generally being a Scottish brewery? Now, now you've obviously got this looming coming up, but like, just generally speaking, do, do you feel like fully integrated in the rest of the BC? Do you feel like Scotland's quite isolated? Because again, when you look at politics, there's a lot of drive for hey. Scotland to be independent. I love it. I like being a Scottish brewery. I think we've got that kind of clout behind us. And we're all friends, like we all hang out. And the craft beer community is... I came from a big brewing background. I used to work for Scottish Newcastle, I for Tenants, I for Magners. Um, and they're big businesses. Yeah. This is more like a community. And we do all talk to each other, we share tips and hints, and the, the English guys are aghast at the idea that they'll have to join a Scottish system to sell their bottles in Scotland. 
just doesn't make any sense. I think my favourite thing is I told Christy that I was bring a tomato and chilli goza. He was like, no one's going to buy it. He was like, oh, who's going to buy it? And I think I sold, sold 249 cans in 12 hours. And he's like, why? And I was like, because everyone wants new shit. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We all love each other. We all hang out. And I think that's really good. I think Scotland's... And you've done a special brief for this thing tonight, haven't you? Yeah, there's a, there's, there's a London dry gin kettle sour on each now. And I like it. Which there's, I had. That was a nice beer. Cheers. And um, we... Yeah, everyone's like, do you not all hate each other? And we're like, why? And like, oh, oh you're fighting over the same small bit of the pie. And I'm like, we don't care. It's like, it doesn't feel like Scotland. It doesn't feel like competition. It feels like it's yeah. us against the big guys. Yeah. yeah. So in in Scotland, like, what what's the sort of craft beer scene like in Scotland? Cask is dead. Well, I don't know how your cask feels are. We we can't sell casks to save our life. That's because you're in Glasgow. Yeah. <laughs> in Glasgow, cask sales are dead. We sell no casks at all ever. It was a keg, can, and that's it. Well, that's great. It's such a regional thing. Yeah. We, we sell a lot of casks. Not even regional. It's, it's it's like this tiny little geographical of like who's buying what and what's happening. Yeah. Oh yeah. We we can't sell casks. Because my brother-in-law lives in Edinburgh, and he took us to the Hanging Bat. Um, this we're talking like 2014 or 2015, you know, quite a while ago. You know, that bar at the time for me was a real epiphany. You know, I don't think I'd ever seen so many lines on at once. You know, but trying to find good beer elsewhere just seemed really, really difficult. Even in the pubs we went into, you know, what was on cast just seemed a bit. We are, we are, so we are all IT geeks. Even though it's for riders and IT geek, and we are starting an app that is called the Great Hand Pull Hunt. And the deal is, you've got to go from Shawlands to the middle of town. Every time you get a hand pull, you can have a pint and tap it off. And we tried to do it, and we got there's no hand pulls in Shawlands. You've got a granary, which is Nicholson's Pale Ale. Nicholson's. Mm-hmm. They've got eight hand pulls, but every single one of them's got a pint glass on top. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what's the point? What's the point in having those hand pulls sitting there and ball? It's like. So, just to touch on that, what you mentioned about how does it feel to be a Scottish brewer. I, I don't really see a distinction between a Scottish brewer and an English brewer or a Welsh brewer, because we all kind of face the same problems. Mm. The market is dominated by the big brewers, yep. who initially had a complete monopoly almost. Of which you worked for. So you, you, you know really well. I've seen it from a different end of the telescope. Suddenly they've got all these little guys nipping away at their market share, and they will now have departments trying to see how do we get this share back. And they're doing it by buying craft brewers. So you buy, so Heineken buy 49% of Beavertown, and then suddenly you find Beavertown products, which you'd never make their way up here when it was an independent craft brewery, are in every pub in Edinburgh at about a pound less than new products. So that's going to hurt me. The other thing they do is they bring out craft products that aren't really craft products. They're made in a big brewery. Yeah. But they're sold, so the consumer thinks they're a craft product. Like Drygate. <laughs> Drygate are not independent Scottish brewers. They're owned by... And Caledonian. Caledonian owned by Heineken. Yeah. So, and it's, it's quite tough, but what that does is it unites the rest of us behind a kind of common fight, if you want. Mm. We're the right the, the no, 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 resistance. No. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess, I think what I meant was like, you, you obviously hear a lot about, 
you know, London breweries and other beer scenes like Manchester, you know, you've got a lot of breweries and people like Cloudwater, Manchester, and uh, obviously the Shout Out Sheffield is one of those where I'm from. But like, you know, like having tasted the various Scottish beers, like obviously your beers, I'll I'll confess I haven't tried your beers yet. Glen Affric, I was at Brew London the other week and had some. Are you actually saying that Glen Affric is a Scottish brewery? Where are they based? Liverpool. Africa, are they? Yeah. I'm going to reverse then, reverse. <laughs> okay, so. This has got us the end though, this has got us the end. Uh, <laughs> come on. Do you edit this kind of stuff out of your video, Johnny? <laughs> stuff that might not be true. Yeah. <laughs> Glen Affric Brewery yeah. is not based in Scotland. It's not actually no, Glen Affric. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, no, but, uh, I think he's, it's, he's it's, never been. He's not a local brewery. He's lived there for a significant Do you want to just slide this way, Johnny, and say that's my mic? Okay, so scra- scratching that from the record, so you obviously got these places like Manchester, you know, I and, and Lund- I do like Manchester and and other Leeds, you know, it's a big one. I like Leeds. Um, but I've had some great beers from Scottish brewers, yeah. like yours, like Loch you. Lomond. Yeah. Um, you know, well, I mean, do you, why do you think Scotland's not shouted about more? Because obviously there are some really great breweries up there. I'm going to say something that I've had a few beers and. I apologise. Go for it, um, go for it. <laughs> I think that the SIBA, SIBA board has needed a kick up his arse, and I think that Christie has done it, but I think everyone else that's on the SIBA board is like, why are we pushing this? And he's the only person that has turned around and said, I'm going to fucking kick this up the arse. And I feel like I'm kind of like, it's like, do you remember Nick Cave brought out the album that was called yep. Kicking Against the Pricks? I think I'm kicking against, I'm kicking, against Brass Wall and the only person that's got my back in Team of Scotland is Christy and you're like at the point now you're like why the fuck are we doing this like why are we why and like Lucas has said don't tell anyone that and I'm like fuck it I've had a few beers that's what it is it's like Team of Scotland needs to realise that being in Scotland is fucking amazing like Team of Scotland all the beers in Scotland really really good Really amazing beer. You look at me like no, I'm, I'm going to actually punch you in the mouth no, 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 for no. saying that. I think um, <laughs> you're talking about Seba Scotland. I was going to say Seba is a UK organisation, and because we've now got a lot of quite Scottish-specific legislation in alcohol, it is kind of difficult to drive some of the problems that we've got through the UK organisation. But, but we get well, there's a lot of support from the national organisation yeah, with PRS. Yeah, we have, we have, we have. So what, what other kind of legislation do you have in Scotland that's unique to breweries like yours then? Minimum, minimum pricing. Uh, bar staff have to have a minimum two hours training from a personal licence holder, which yeah. is a, a Scottish thing as well. Uh, you've got to have... What's that? things. Minimum pricing, personal licence holders, barman licence holders. I'm sure there's another one. I would like to say that DRS is a topic quite close to my heart because my wife works for Zero Waste Scotland and two days before her wedding she announced hey DRS is coming in and I was like I had to be scraped off of the floor of Stenio mm-hmm. in Glasgow and I was like fucking hate anyone that works for Here's, Sorry, here's the other ride boys. Uh, yeah, so I turned around and I was like, I was like, I fucking hate all of you. And then she was like, it's not that bad, it's not that bad. 
She's been told to stop talking to me because she's slipping me bits of paper. It's a bit saying, difficult when you're with Maddie She's like, she's like, ask about this, ask about this, and slipping me bits of paper. And I'm like, you're going to get fired. And she's like, well, actually, you can't fire me from it. But yeah, it's. I kind of think that Zero Waste Scotland been handed a dirty nappy, and it's like, deal with this shit. Yeah. Deal with it. And Zero Waste Scotland, like, how the fuck do we deal with so this? So, it came out of Westminster. Didn't come out of Westminster. So, it came out of uh, Holyrood. Holyrood. Right. Scottish initiative. Right, okay. So, um, t- sorry, I'm just signaling, get me a beer. To the boys. Yeah, and not. Get two. Get two. Get three. Get three. Did that or work? Three. Did that work? Did the right. sign language work? <laughs> you get us like three beers. I gave you your tokens. Nah. Fuck it. Perfect. I think they've said an imperial stout. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it came out of. And I do think that it's purely a Scottish government saying. It's a vanity project. Yeah. They want, they want to get it before England's got it. And then they say, that's why we shouldn't be able to pay it. Oh, you're right. There's a political agenda here. Yeah. She so do, do you think this is more driven by politics than by... No, it's, poli- um, it's, a, it's a political pissing match. It's like, how high up the wall can I piss? And then that's that's entirely what it is. And I called them out on it, and then Anna's like... Who works with you? It's like, she's like, they don't like that you call them out on it. And I'm like, people should call them out on more shit. And then she's like, they bought you your canning line. And I'm like, yeah, they did. But they're, now you turn around and they're it's like... Why make this a what? Well, I'm a bit less cynical than you. I, I think it is. Well, it's probably a, a genuine attempt to reduce carbon, but there's also a political agenda there. Yeah. So, yeah. Scotland right now. Scotland right now is at 99.2 percent capacity for recycling. So if we start DRS, where are the cans going? And you you said it. You're like they're they will be shipped to China and they will be dealt with by. People who aren't being paid to deal with their shit. So you can't turn around and say, hey, we're going to recycle 100% of our cans. There's a lot of these places like in China and abroad that are doing recycling, like say they were at capacity, and, and I know with a lot of plastics, they will literally just be like, we can't process this. Off it goes to just sit in some huge pile. Yeah. You think the biggest one that I've been looking at is key kegs. Key kegs are not recyclable. No, they're not going there. So where are they going? They're like, oh, we've started this one world recycling scheme. And I'm like, and then Anne's like, they're going to uh, energy from landfill. So they're being degassed and sent to be burnt to make. And I'm like... There's, there's maybe two examples I can give you that underline how ill thought through this is. The idea that every car will have its own unique barcode. And that unique barcode is to allow the 20 pences to all find their way back. What's the first thing you do with a can before you put it in recycling? Well, you have to set the label off or you crush it or... How are you going to read the barcode? Exactly. That just doesn't make any sense. The second thing is that um, there's also a provision in the white paper to say that if you're selling online, so if somebody in Orkney or the Isle of Wight orders some of my bottles, I've got to be able to pay to bring those empty bottles back to crush them. Now that doesn't make any sense at all because it well, costs almost as much to bring them back as it is well, to send them let, let, Let's say for a moment I'm like, hey, um, I, I really fancy some Loch Leven beer, I'll go on your web store, I have some cans and stuff, and this is after this has become legislation and law. Like, do I have to return the can? Like, how, how, how is it? Are you in England or are you Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in England. I'm, well, I'm, no, I'm, no, that's fine. Right. But in theory, I've got to give you the opportunity to send them back to me. 
and people that. And what about people in England or Wales, Northern Ireland, uh, selling into Scotland? They're going to have to pay the same amount as us for and the new labels. And the new labels. But surely people aren't going to be on like, it'll be too much aggro. People yeah. aren't just, I'm just going to say Scotland. And I said it today, I said it today that we reckon that it's, from looking at it and costing out, it's going to add 80 pence, on, 80 pence onto a can. And the guy was like, oh, I don't get you that. And I was like, because we've got to employ a member of staff to say that his job is just monitoring where cans come from. And what is it, imported beers? Uh, what if I export beers? If all these beers and bottles go abroad, do I have to pay the 20 pence deposit? So no, I'll never get them back. I think the problem is too much that Tina Way Scott Turner said we don't know what's happening, and they were like, they were like, it's that kind of whole thing of like, a, if you see a Wikipedia article, it's like we reckon, and he turned and said, we don't know what uh, we reckon, we reckon, we reckon, and you're like, why are you? Why is this a thing? Who's is who's? Sorry, Drew has turned up. Quick one. Someone like PS, someone asked me to join us. No, I'm fine. You can sit there, I think. Too many white ones slander cases against me. Just sit there. Who's his who's? Yeah, so I kind of think that. You think they'd like to call them properly? I think. Yeah. It's, 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 it's definitely company changing. Well, I'll give you another, a very concrete example. In November this year, we shook hands on a deal to buy a second-hand bottling machine. Shook hands or elbow bump because coronavirus is, <laughs> is, is part of it. Pre-coronavirus. Uh, did you rather have the stick, by the way? What was that? Did you ask for a stick? No. no. Um, You're getting a stout, Christy. Is that an imperial stout? I did shout about getting the dip, <laughs> the imperial stout. I bet it's like about 40%. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but we, we hadn't signed anything, but we shook hands on the deal, and then we heard about DRS, and as a board decided that probably now is not a good time to buy a bottle like Because if the bottle drops out of the market for right. small bottles, we're going to be left for turkey. We got, we got um, £50,000 from Zero Waste Scotland, to buy a canning line, and we bought a canning line, and everyone's like, now your cans are the most expensive things we can do, and I'm like, don't care, we got a canning line. No, no, actually no, because she was like, she was like, she was like, asked to step away, and um, it wasn't zero Scotland, it was resource efficiency Scotland. How much beer do you lose when you bottle a beer? And I was like, this much. And they were like, hey, do you want to buy a canning line? Oh, I was like, yeah, definitely all my kind of lines. Yeah, got all my gags ready. We had to present the £50,000 up front. Have you got £50,000? And I was like, yes! And I went to the bank and I was like, can I have £50,000 please? And they gave us it and we bought a kind of line. And our plan is that we're going to rent it out to any brewery that wants to can beer to come and use our shit. And our, our plan is to make <laughs> the, bro- the, the canning line with yeah, one yeah, yeah. Yeah. folk. So, like, I always say like myself, and I always yeah. think that I'm on the, like, like yourself, I'm like on the, the, the good age of, I, I'm registered disabled, but I'm not at the point of being disabled as in a bad disabled. We're not like that bad, yeah. we, we can live our lives yeah, with yeah. our disabilities. And that's it. I started this canning line. I was like, I'm not gonna make anyone pay too much money for using a canning line. And if I can make another 
Are they going to make a little bit more? Are we getting like, more folk and Cameron online and helping them out? That's what we should be doing. We should be carrying everyone's beer. Like, cans are the way forward. Like, but do you, th- do you not feel that with this deposit return scheme coming into force that might hinder those plans and harm them a bit? I don't think I care. I think I'm like... <laughs> but the answer is yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm worried about it. I'm worried about it. But I'm like... We've got folks saying, can we put coffee in a can? And I'm like, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I'm worried about it, but... I've got to keep on taking it as it. I'm convinced that the only reason that I ended up on the panel that I'm on is because I turned around and said, fuck you lot, you've not spoken to CBA, you've not spoken to anyone, fuck off. And they turned around and they were like, oh yeah. And I'm, I'm quite sure I've gotten to the point of DRS where I am because my wife works for Zero Waste Club. And if, if, that's, if that's what it is, then I'm quite happy to be where I am. I quite think I, that. But then they ask me questions and they're like, oh, what'd you think of this, what'd you think of that? And I'm like, I think my problem is that I'm too emotional about it, that I'm too, I get really upset about it, like. Basically because you're saying what you think. Yeah, rather than, hey, what have you thought about this? And I think I think today was really good because Zero Way Scotland turned around. Zero Way Scotland sent, sent somebody from Stirling to Liverpool to talk to us, but they wouldn't fucking talk to us in Scotland. And you're like, why are you not meeting us in Scotland? And it was when Barry said to him today, are you willing, in front of all those folk, are you willing to meet people in Scotland? And he was like, yes, we'll, we'll get a date. And I was like, well, But I guess sh- sh- surely, like as every brewer knows, trying to like track casks all with a unique code, you know, is is a nightmare at the best of times. Exactly. Like because like you you know you scan them in and with the best of the world in the world, you know they don't come back. Every imagine, but with small pack, <laughs> every single can will have to have uh, what they're calling a Bitcoin code, which is a 12 bit hash code on every single can. Can you imagine going to a printer and going? I would like 700, ca- 700 labels, please, but every single one of them has to have a certain record. And you're like... You can't even track pallets. What chance are you? That, these are things well, that we... I mean, what does, it, what does this mean for distribution, then? Well, it's, it's a it this... for distribution, because you've got... You not only have to get the stuff to the customer, you've got to get it back again. Because, I mean, it's the minute you throw a, a third party into the mix to distribute beer, like, who, who's going to track... Who, are you going to track the cans? Uh, is, it, is it up to the distributor to track the cans? Or short, because surely, like, distributors going to look at those beer lists, like, Rye Bruco, they make a beer, but I'm not going to take that. Too much aggro, too don't much care. paperwork. I think that's the problem is that Zero Scotland don't care. And I said that as well, and he was like, oh, we do care. And I was like, no, you just don't. Like, you just want your... It's come in and it work. Like that, like instantly, it's gonna work. It's gonna work. It's gonna work. That's why. That's why we've started Scottish Small Brewers Federation. We're hoping that Christy will join. Um, which is all of us coming together and installing taps and pubs that we can all share and be a bit more kind of Scottish centric. Like if you go to a pub, yeah. So we're gonna start this kind of thing and we're gonna work on it and yeah. I think Zero Waste Scotland don't have the idea of how it's going to work. This is a problem. It's a, it's a laudable objective, but there's no need to create an enormous logistic and expensive solution. There must be a simple way to do this. We used to do it with bars and blue bottles. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm sure they weren't tracking them all back. 
there's one other thing I'd like to say as well. You know, they're, they're talking about setting up this um, operator who will manage all this. Scheme administrator. Scheme administrator, right? Who's going to be CNC. And that's going to be funded through three routes. One is going to be unredeemed deposits. One is going to be the sale of the recyclable material. And the other one is going to be a producer's fee, which Dave and I will pay. So let's just think about that. Unredeemable deposits. We think that as we get better at this, the unredeemable deposits are going to become less and less. So it's a number that's going to tend yeah. to a small number, right? And the selling of the recycled materials in the open market, well, that's fine because prices can go up as well as down. So let's just assume there's a glut on the market because we're so good at it and the price goes down. You've still got the scheme administrator to pay. There's no unredeemed deposits coming through. The bottom's falling out of the market for the recycled materials. Who's left to pick up the deficit? Us. Me and you. It's not going to be two and a half pence a bottle, no. it's going to be five pence a bottle, then six pence a bottle. So I don't think it's got a long term sustainable future. Sustainable. The, no guy, that. the guy that we spoke to was himself was like, oh, it's going to be really good and everyone's going to make money out of it. And I'm like, no, we're not. My issue with it is that we've got a sweet steak running right now that is proving that CNC. Everyone knows who CNC is. CNC is Magnus, it's Tenets. It's the one for the mix. You are actually up for it, and I think, I think you and I are going to meet in loads of cash at this. CNC is uh, this massive, not Scottish based consumer. They, they're basically, describe them, they're a huge company that owns loads of breweries, yeah, they, they including Drygate. They can manipulate the market through this. So they've been told that they might be the scheme administrator. So instantly, imagine being in a pub and the pub says, oh, I buy. So we have to submit our sales data to CNC. And then it's like, this pub is like, oh, I buy two cases of Ryan or two cases of Loch Leaven. And they're like, they're like, then CNC for them and go, oh, well, actually, what are you paying a bottle? Ah, oh, we can do it cheaper. Because yeah. we own Drygate, yeah. we can give you Drygate. And it's like, you're like, why are we letting this happen? Why are we letting this happen? So, just changing tack a little bit then, um, what, because, I mean, with all the best people in the world, you can legislate this, that, and the other, and some of these things stand the test of time, and they, they, you know, they go on and become part of life and society. Other times, things kind of just fall by the wayside. Like, Let's just presume it's the latter. Like this comes in, it's a nightmare. And they're like, yeah, what's a bad idea? Like, what can the everyday person do to just just be keep, more environmentally friendly when it comes to drinking beer? Just keep putting cans into the recycling bin. The industry is actually quite responsible. All the, all the pubs recycle the bottles and the cans. All the breweries recycle the bottles and the cans. It's the, I mean, the, 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 the whole thing is, is predicated on the, the principle that the, the producer pays. In other words, I'm sorry, the polluter pays. So the person who creates the pollution pays for the scheme. But they've defined the, the polluter as the manufacturer. The polluter is the man who, or woman who chooses to throw his can or bottle in the canal rather than put it in the recycle. It's yep. as simple as that. <laughs> put a pound yes. deposit on it and that way we'll get them back. We'll do it from a retailer. And it was that he was like 20p. 20p is the best thing to do, I think. And he was like, oh, but yeah, people who buy like bottles of whiskey at £40,000, why the fuck? Why do you care about the 20 pences? Do you know this thing? Do you know what I mean? It's like, ill thought out. Disproportionate. Ill thought out, yeah. 
Well, if coronavirus doesn't kill us first, then... <laughs> Did was it return Scotland? Well, <laughs> the other thing people can do to drink more responsibly, or sustainably, is to drink cask beer. Yeah, do you want to talk cask, a bit about that? Cask beer in Scotland and uh, Glasgow is dead. Like, well, okay. You know, cask in Scotland Cask and keg. Think about the, the, the containers are, are sustainable, they're recyclable, they're returnable. I fully apologise for anyone that's listening to <laughs> Hop Forward and it's now turned into a let's talk about sustainable drinking. <laughs> yeah, oh, we, we can't put cask in anywhere. No, but, but okay. Stainless steel containers. Yeah. Right. Don't drink out of bottles and cans. No, drink out of stainless steel containers. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. Do you do kegs? Yeah. Really? Yeah. What do you put in keg? Well, all of our brands go in kegs. Cool. Uh, if you have never drunk in any of Christie's beers, I think you should. I fucking love your beer, man. The guy at Gold Men. So uh, just as you round up the podcast, how can people find out about both, both of your beers? We'll start with yours. Uh, www.lochleven.beer is a good place to start. Yep. Uh, they're gluten-free, they're vegan-friendly, they're available on cask, keg and bottle. They're not a can, although I'm going to talk to this man. Everyone everyone knows who I am. I am the mouthy prick that shows a lot of stuff. Uh, and you, you end up with my podcast every yeah, year. Yeah, every mail. year, every year. How, does, like, how yeah, is that possible? Um, we are very brewing co, so we're a social enterprise. All of our staff are disabled, apart from Lucas, who is buggered off. And Drew's floating about with a beer. Um, yeah, so we're kind of like a little bit different of how we're looking at things. And yeah, Ray Brewing. Is it Ray Brewing? And look at you. Is it Ray Brewing on social media? Is it Raid Brewing or is it Raid Bruco on social media? I don't know. It's your business. Sorry, Drew doesn't know. Yeah, so we're on the internet. You, you seriously need to use my service. Yeah. We're 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 Raid. Get your business in order. <laughs> we're Raid. Go- Google them, right? Raid Bruco from Glasgow. Yes. And we've been on every single hop forward since the first year. The dawn of time. I think you're episode four. Were we four? Yeah. It wasn't the first one. Or maybe it's episode been, four was when I went to Dark City. And it's been really good. It's been really good. It was early, early on. So yeah. great. Well, th- thank you for being on the show. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in to the Hot Four podcast this week. Don't forget, we're here to help you get ahead in the brewing and beer business. So hit the subscribe button for more insights into the beer industry. Connect with us at hotforward.beer or through our social media channels at Hot Forward Beers. Until next time, cheers. Right, so